0: All right, everyone, you're listening to uh, episode three of The Last Dance After Party, or as Rudy Hodgson would call it, "Cans the Man. My name is Boss Dowdwall, excuse me, here with Nick Kansaneri. And then for the first time ever, we've got Rudy Hodgson and Natalie Bergek on with us. How y'all doing? No Charlie Bevins tonight. He said his house is too loud tonight to uh, record a podcast. Nick Cans the Man, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, you know, uh, as I mentioned before we start recording, sitting in the dark, uh, only guided by my one desk, uh, my desk light, but hopefully we'll get that taken care of tomorrow.
2: What happened to the rest of your lives?
1: I have no idea. I came up to my room last week to record the show, turned on my lights, and nothing happened. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs)
0: all right
2: well thoughts and prayers for kansas
0: lights um let's just get into it episodes five and six today uh covered a bunch of topics um let's go around the uh circle or the zoom call whatever we want to call it or your main takeaways your favorite favorite moments favorite quotes uh however you want to talk about it whoever wants to go first go for it
1: uh, what, what for me what really got me was uh, i think it was uh, episode 5 maybe midway or in the beginning just how popular like jordan was like when he was uh, overseas for the olympics and just everyone was coming up to him after games and even you know uh, i think it was the hawks who were saying like you know they could have filled up like 15,000 more people when he was playing in atlanta and it's just crazy like is anyone in today's game like as popular as Jordan? I mean, I don't know. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, social media, the internet. We get to see a lot more of like the big names today. And maybe back then, like, you know, you didn't, but it's just he was such a a big, huge draw for people. Like it's it's crazy to me. He was not even like a sports star he was just uh just a celebrity who happened to play basketball so that that's what was one of the things i got out of it
2: yeah and and when you say you know impactful quotes memorable memorable quotes of of the episode something obviously from that part that just shocked me was like when when they bring up how that was really the first time American sports culture was brought overseas. Cause you know, we think of the, the overseas basketball league as like a really big thing today. It's like almost like the next thing it's like, if you can't go to the NBA, like if, if someone from your college is is good, but you don't think they're going to go to the NBA, your next, you know, thought of them is, Oh, they'll go play overseas. So we think of that as something that's so popular today he started that he brought that american basketball culture there and it was never there
3: i think uh kind of adding on to that like this is kind of an era where like realistically yeah you can argue that larry and magic kind of saved basketball but michael made it relevant again and his star power you know not just in chicago but all over the world um it's something that, like, we see shades of, like when you saw Kobe go to China and you see that presence or you see LeBron go back to Ohio, like you see it. But for, Le- for, for Jordan, it's everywhere. And, and that just kind of shows just how impactful he is. And I don't even think it's just because of basketball. I think it's just because of the aura that follows him and, and his partnership with Nike is so huge because, you know, people, some people don't even know Jordan the basketball player. They know Jordan the brand so you know he's bigger than basketball he's bigger than life but um my biggest takeaway honestly was um probably how the whole sixth episode was kind of like him not necessarily being all the whole gambling trying to like tear that that narrative down so that that whole hour just felt like a big lie to me (laughs) well yeah
2: because I kept asking my dad I've been watching all these episodes of my whole family and I keep asking my dad you know do you think they're going to get into that? Do you think they're going to dive into it? Because, you know, there's a whole narrative around that problem and the problems that it brought to his family and, you know, like how it affected him and his parents even. So like my, I've almost been like anticipating this. I'm like, are they going to get into this darkness? And they just, they just touched the surface tonight.
3: It was very quick.
2: Yeah. Which, I mean, that, leads me to believe that it's something that they're going to cover immediately in seven
0: yeah you know it, it was like i feel like we hear about it so much with jordan i feel like was, sometimes people just use it to like tarnish his legacy it's like oh but gambler 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 but it, it was nice to hear it in this way and not from like i mean actually being able to like i mean we didn't really get to live in that moment mm-hmm. and like see it first person but at least this the documentary, it kind of lets us live that first person, like kind of be in the moment in, in a way, which it was nice to experience that. It's like people like, even like Nellie, you say your dad, I, I'm, same thing where it's like my dad, he's like, he's talking about those years, talking about how amazing they were. And like just that kind of aura that he had, what he did for a city, what he did for like a, a whole fan base. Uh, it's nice to kind of be able to see that, through this documentary, I guess, an overarching theme.
2: Yeah, because when people want to talk about, they want to have the GOAT conversation, it's like, I don't know any better than to say Jordan because I'm from Chicago. Like, I feel like it's an era thing where it's like, well, everyone who saw Michael play in real time thinks he's the greatest. Everyone who sees LeBron play in real time thinks he's the greatest. But I think added on to that, Like I have the Chicago bias because I am not the biggest basketball person anyway. So I, you know, latch onto, yeah, I never saw him play a minute in real time. You know, I never will, but I feel like this is such a great tool in like educating me because again, I, in those kinds of arguments, I automatically say Jordan. It's just because I'm from here and like, that's what I'm programmed to think. And it's like, I don't have anything to back that up. I never got to see him. So this having this is huge
0: it kind of reaffirms it for me mm-hmm. that it's like and like because the the best thing about this is that like, yeah we're seeing this documentary but at the same time every night on NBC or every other night they're showing the reruns of the playoff game so like right now we're what we're seeing Indiana the Indiana series one of the toughest series he ever played in a seven game series in Eastern Conference Finals is last year Um and like that series it's like you're seeing both sides of it where this Pacers team that I mean, if you look in the nineties, they're not one of like the top five teams, top one of the top teams in the nineties, but they put up such a fight. So like being able to see those types of things where you're not just seeing all the good, you're seeing the bad too, it kind of makes you rethink how you viewed his game.
1: Yeah, and it's because, you know, I mean, most of what I've seen of Jordan is just me going on, you know, YouTube and just, you know, typing in Michael Jordan highlights and that kind of stuff. But like you were saying, boss, you know, you only get the good, you know, the all his points or whatever you don't get to see the whole game and you know the the bad and and the flow of it and in this documentary well not the documentary but you know NBC uh, Chicago shout out Tim Stebbins showing those uh full replays is cool but then you get the documentary and you kind of get to see the uh you know the behind the scenes stuff that was going on which it, it's just so cool to kind of get to feel like you know, uh, we're a part of it, even though I mean, you know, I was born. Well, I was only born a year after it ended, so I was kind right. of there when it happened, but not I really. Was alive. Yeah. Yeah. How much yeah. do you
0: remember? Yeah. There? What's your
1: favorite Nothing. memory? <laughs> Nothing. I was alive for one championship. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, one yes. more than me. <laughs>
0: Anyways, um, I guess my thing from this, these episodes, and I think we've seen it throughout the way he talks about the people who try to defend him is just so funny. I mean, the, the whole, the whole Clyde Drexler thing, I think I texted Rudy when, when it went, when I was seeing it, <laughs> they're like, like the, the, before it, the little video clip or the audio clip from the reporter is like, you know, like Drexler and Jordan had really like identical numbers this year, both leading their team to the finals. And Jordan's just like, you know, I saw I saw the comparisons between me and Drexler, and he's not at my level. And then you see him drop forty on him in Game One or something, thirty-five in Game One, and he does it again and again and again. And they destroyed Portland.
2: Well, it's just a, like actual representation of like his competitiveness. Like they can do interviews with all these people, and you can have Magic say he wanted to to crush me in cards, you know, however many times over. But that physical representation of that like brings it to another level and especially the way they produce it where they show it like that where it's like all these people talking about his his competitive nature and then like the proof and like him talking a big game and following through is crazy to me.
0: And even that, the, the practice for the the dream team practice, where yeah. they were talking uh, magic and, and Barkley were talking at him, and then he went and he what he scored every point from that on, from going forward. And it's not like he's doing it against a regular team; he's doing it against five all NBA players, the
2: best NBA players. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable to see that and to hear that. Um, but yeah, the way he talks about the people who try to defend him is just so funny. He'll, like, hesitate for a sec, then he says something, and it's, like, he's being so honest
1: about it, but it's still, like, what did he just say? <laughs> like, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> and and not just the people, you know, that, like, the press try and talk of, but also the people that Jerry Krause loves, you know, Tony Kukoc, Dan Marley at the end, and he just – he hears that, and, and he just attacks them and is just, like, also – Kraus likes this guy, I'm going to just go out and dominate him. I just think that's – it's an insane level of pettiness, but I also think it shows like he was just able to, you know, think of one thing to just get that drive, get his motor going, and he just would not stop until he was, you know, satisfied with just dominating the other player.
0: And we saw the 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 little the part at the beginning about the '98 All Star Game, uh, having Kobe in there, having the interviews with Kobe. What did y'all like about those, Rudy? I'll go straight to you. You're the Lakers fan here.
3: Um, yeah, I thought it was really nice. I knew I knew obviously heading into that they're going to touch on Kobe. Um, I I did like that it didn't take away from the whole documentary that they were able to do it appropriately and everything, and um, clearly, obviously. They had the interview with Kobe so uh, he was still alive during the process of it so um, yeah I thought it was really nice um, I thought they did a really good job about it as far as the 98 uh, uh, all-star game I really really saw shades of Jordan and Kobe and um, even Kobe went on to kind of admit that you know there is no Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan so uh, you know had you know you talk about that competitive nature that he had and and, and how you know, he kind of wanted to dominate anyone that, you know, crossed them. And, uh, you know, in many ways, Jordan is the very original black Mamba, you know, killing everything within strike. And um, I thought they did a really good job uh, kind of talking about young Kobe and how like, how like just nippy and how like gritty he was, even in the all-star game where it's just a blow off game and stuff. And um, clearly MJ, was like the big brother or like yeah I'm gonna shut him down whatever but at the end it was all love and uh yeah it was it was cool
1: yeah and and he he was what Kobe was 19 they said in that game like that's insane
0: yeah youngest all-star ever I think still I don't think anybody's 19 year old in the all-star game I don't think anybody's done it since
3: I mean it, no, it I don't it, think it'll ever happen because of the whole young the the young stars game or whatever they call it, the rising stars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: Well and he even he even mentioned not even going into the all-star game, but going into the league Kobe at his age. He said, you know, he said it himself that it's an older league than it is today. So he's like entering this, you know league where all these people are so established and so many like years ahead of him and he like automatically like began to emulate Mike and it was crazy because when he you know passed all this stuff started coming out where obviously it's like his highlights are all over and all his achievements are all over but one thing that caught my eye was a video of him like mirroring Mike like it would show him doing something and then Kobe doing the exact same thing like he really did learn from him and like really like that was his number one inspiration and he said it himself and I even I don't know if you guys have seen this but something came out that said they filmed Kobe's last season in like a very similar way in which they filmed this uh, 98 season like all access nothing held back so I think we're gonna get something real similar which is going to be really cool
3: and i would my little heart can't take it man yeah
2: i'm i'm worried I, about you dude we're we're I gonna have to have you. a we're gonna have to be on standby we're gonna have to watch it together just in case we gotta be on TV. suicide
3: watch i'm gonna be yeah. like guys guys he's gone goby me.
2: i mean yeah you know, i think that it's it's
0: perfect if they do something like that though because i mean you you there are no two players who are I mean there's no other player that can live up in terms of comparison to to MJ the way Kobe does. I mean it feels like their the whole path just seems so similar.
2: Right. And and again, it's always a comparison between Jordan and LeBron, but they're in two I I at least the way I see them is like they're in two different they're two different brands, they're two different established identities and not to say that that's like good or bad or like it's just different than what you see in Kobe because, again, Kobe was described, Jordan, as an older brother. He, you know, looked up to him, whatever. And I think LeBron kind of tried to make his game his own, you know, not to say that Kobe's game wasn't his own, but you see Michael in Kobe.
3: I think, didn't Michael, like, come out and say, like, the only player that he feels could that could have beat him one-on-one was Kobe because he stole all of his moves?
1: <laughs> like
3: in a in a two K commercial. I, I mean, that just kind of speaks volumes to the relationship that they have and stuff. And I agree with Natalie. I I, I talked to a boss about this. me and a boss have like the longest arguments on LeBron MJ. Um, but at the end of the day, they're just two completely different players. Where uh, they're both great in their own way. But that's the thing about these arguments is that you'll never ever have a definitive answer, and it's all up. It's like you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. Like whatever. But um as far as the whole Kobe thing, not to take away from the whole last dance thing, it's, it it is very Jordan esque, like his attitude and and how he carried himself. And even the way he kind of like would nip at Jordan, you know, it's just shades of each other. So um, I thought they did really well. I can't wait for that. Uh, The final season ESPN, hopefully it's ESPN, but yeah, Yeah. it it was cool. It was nice.
0: And I guess one more thing I want to touch on before we uh, move on um, a more GM stuff, more Jerry Krause stuff going on. So like t- today we got the, uh, the Coach stuff um, with <laughs> Jordan and Pippen going at him just to, you know, kind of get in Krause's head. Uh, then we had um, the, the whole, with the Jordan rules, uh, Krause going to Phil Jackson and being like, who could have said this, who could have said that, who could have said this. Um, and then the whole, uh, Kansy brought it up earlier. Dan hurley Mer- it was like all the um the uh Jordan was like, yeah, I can, you know Jerry liked him, so I decided to go at him in that series. So more every every episode, it seems like we just get a bunch of hits at Jerry Kraus. How are you all feeling about this uh, this this storyline that's been consistent the entire time?
1: He he is the clear bad guy in this, and it does stink that you know that he's he's not there to be able to like kind of give his side of the story but I mean I'm I'm sorry but like what could he say just all That's this right. you hear it every single uh, time in the intro this will be Phil Jackson's last season like yeah who does that he he made his own bet he's just such a I mean, he's, you know, he's executive of the year. He he built a great team, but he just could not get out of his own way.
3: Right. And you know what? Unpopular opinion. I love Jerry Krause because without Jerry Krause, the Lakers don't get Phil Jackson. (laughs) 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 <laughs> win championship. Wait, wait, wait. This is oh, this is why we
0: this is why we usually don't invite non bulls fans out here, and and now I'm already regretting
3: inviting Rudy on. <laughs> okay, all all joking aside, from the outside looking, I really did not have any prior um, knowledge on the whole Jerry Krause situation. I did know that he was uh, a victim of Little Man Syndrome, but um, I didn't know it was this this bad, um, and and rightfully so, I think Jordan. Although Jordan, you know, I'm not going to, like, you know, tear down your guys' hero and say he was a bully. But there were times where he was kind of, you know, a little too much. But, you know, then you see what Jerry did, and it's almost like the guy's just giving, you know, he's, all, he's digging his own grave. So, you know, this this documentary kind of serves for, like I said, some I'm a fan from a different city to kind of see – uh, the real behind the scenes of, of what it takes to build a championship team and what it takes to, to tear down a franchise, you know what I mean? Like, and, the best best team in the world gone.
2: And, I mean, not even fan from another city, but from within this city, but someone who didn't live through it. Like, I'm watching my parents react to it. Like, oh, I remember when Jerry did that. I remember when Jerry did that. But I have no memory and no – like, nothing to base – no prior – Thing to base my opinion of him off of because I'm not familiar, you know, with any of this at the Bulls. I'm not familiar with what he did at the White Sox. Like, again, I just was not, I was too young. I wasn't paying attention at the time. So I don't have much of a prior opinion of him anyway. But obviously, like, they're going to paint him to be the bad guy. And he's, again, like Can said, not here to defend himself. So I mean, they put it in one of the first episodes, is that he, like, basically screwed them out of another championship. So, again, what could he say if he were here? Like, he, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't think there's much that that could be said. I think it's it's just it's it's amazing how they've like made it that way too. I mean the way they've they way the way I mean the the, the production side of it the intro like they've absolutely
3: <laughs> torn him down. But I, I need uh, the man Nick Cans to just absolutely tee off on Jerry for a couple minutes. Jer- Cans, please just have your way. Like no one's listening. Just go, go, go. Uh, go. Uh, I can this at the tee. Come on, just boom. Just get him. J uh, Jerry who Kraus? Yes. Yeah.
2: No, I, Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Or shout there. out, shout out Jerry Seinfeld. How about that little cameo? Little cameo in there. <laughs> yeah.
3: They're, they're like they're like, all, right, they're like all, right, all right.
2: They're kicking me out now.
3: <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld ruined the bulls.
2: <laughs> my brother goes, obviously my brother knows who Jerry Seinfeld is, but he goes, he looks up and he goes, Is that the B from the B movie? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> RJ, RJ, rj classic classic he should, RJ. he should
2: appear on the next one
0: Hands, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> are you gonna are you gonna i mean jerry jerry, Krause?
3: jerry oh, Krause, here he goes here he goes go, go, go
1: i mean it's it's you know it's it's kind of hard for me to really get going because again you know i wasn't alive like you know if they released the I don't know, the 30 for 30 on, you know, the the Gar Pax Bulls regime. I mean, i of some real strong thoughts, you know, for like my kids or whatever, but it's just, he made his own bed. He didn't help himself ever. And also there's, there was a, a story, Tim Floyd, the coach who came after Phil Jackson, he was telling people that 96 during the NBA finals, he met with Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause about talking about replacing Phil Jackson for the 97 season. So Jerry is already planting the seeds to get rid of Phil and they win two more championships after that. It's just, it's mind boggling why he, you know, he resented the success that, you know, uh, and popularity that Michael and Scotty and all of them had. And and he just felt like he wasn't getting any of it. It's like he should, I mean, I don't know. It's just you're winning all these championships. You know, can't that be enough? You know, why do you specifically have to get all the credit? It's crazy. You're, you know, you're the GM, you know, and, and you built a good team. But at the end of the day, it's Michael and, you know, it's Scotty that are going out there and, and putting on the show and winning the games. So it's just – I just – like uh, like Rudy said, you know, little man syndrome. He just could not get out of his own way. And that dumb ego of his ruined the Bulls forever.
3: Well, let me so kind of – not necessarily play devil's advocate, but, you know, he, he does deserve – Natalie, he does deserve a little bit of credit because he essentially built the greatest team of all time,
2: yeah, but you can't i you I feel like you can't always expect to be the brains like and the face like like Theo Epstein Jed Hoyer don't expect people to come bow down and thank them because they're not watching them play baseball, they're watching Chris Bryant throw the last South Anthony Rizzo, so like. Some people don't care enough to go behind the scenes and say, "Who is the GM of that team? He deserves a, a handwritten thank you." You know what I mean? Some people just don't care enough. They just want to be there to watch it and enjoy it, and then they're gonna forget about it. So that's
0: always that's always gonna be the case. Where it's like, if you're an executive, you shouldn't expect that uh, unless you're Pat Riley. You shouldn't expect that because nobody else has that type of
3: uh, influence as an executive. So. Well, Sorry, I'm gonna butt it? in a little bit because um, and this is my Lakers gonna come out. I'm sorry, but we credit a lot of our eighties championships to the great Jerry Buss, and he's one of those executives that like he has so much credit and he gets so much notoriety, especially in Los Angeles for building this team. Yeah, sure, you remember Kareem, you remember uh, Magic, worthy, you remember those players, but. In, in Los Angeles in particular, and I can only speak on Los Angeles because that's the team that I follow, unfortunately, uh, if you watch the 3430 30 on the Lakers-Celtics, they credit the success of the 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 iconicism, so to speak, of the Lakers in Los Angeles to Jerry Buss and how he garnered attention from celebrities and stuff to come and promote the Lakers because they were building essentially the greatest show on earth, and that's just what they branded themselves, the Showtime Lakers. So. Yeah, maybe Krause saw the success of, of Jerry Buss and the attention he got in Hollywood and was like, maybe I want a little bit of that for myself. But you have to understand, completely different markets. Hollywood is not the same as the Second City. It's nothing personal. It's just truth. So he, maybe he wanted something like that, but he didn't get it because he had the greatest team ever assembled overshadowing that. So credit to Jerry for building us. Essentially, like I said, the greatest team ever. But on the flip side, his ego got to him. Because maybe he saw the success that other managers were having, like you said, Pat Riley. When you think of great owners, you think of Pat Riley, Jerry Buss, you think of uh, the the Ricketts, you know, so to speak. So you you have to understand his side, but like we said, we'll never be able to hear his side because unfortunately he's passed.
0: Yeah, um, but anyways, why don't we transition to? I mean, we ended this episode. We're kind of we kind of got the end of the first threepeat. Um, a little bit of- going to
1: Hooters.
2: I, I love of this.
0: Of, of this like forebodingness, I guess, that it's like Jordan's talking about how he's, he's tired, he's exhausted. And then you kind of get into, yeah, he's about to retire. Uh, and then at the same time, we've got the playoffs starting up, New Jersey Nets. So what are y'all looking forward to now? These uh, last, what, we've got four more
2: episodes, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, last four episodes. What are we looking forward to? Uh,
3: Michael's Reds are White Sox stint.
2: Why did you have to steal my thing?
3: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I've been asking my dad, you know, do you think they're going to touch on this whole dark side? And, you know, like I said at the beginning, they just skimmed the surface. And I think, like, I have a feeling that they're going to get more into that. I mean, what more could you, I mean, obviously there's so much footage and so many stories to tell you could fill up four more hours. But it's almost like this is the like rising action. And, you know, obviously we're going to get to that climax and it's like, it's going to fall down. It's going to fall apart. And, you know, I always knew the great side of Jordan, but also knew like my dad would tell me stories about like the whole gambling thing as well and all the problems too. So I'm not a stranger to that, but I obviously could use more education on that. And I'm looking forward to knowing more about that as well as watching baseball.
3: I can't wait for the, uh, the little segment they have on the, the world's greatest press release when Michael came back and literally just said, I'm back. That's it. <laughs> how baller, like, that? how amazing do you have to be for you to literally tell your agent, I'm going to have a press release on my return to the NBA. I'm back. What? The it <laughs> shook. Huh. That was fantastic. And, how about you?
1: Uh, for me, well I still I'm still waiting for you know more practice footage of him just berating his teammates. i I want to see more of that, but also, and I think it it's got to be coming up in next week. I'm interested to see um you know how they talk about uh, his dad's murder. Because I believe it was the summer after the 93 yeah. championship. And yeah. so, you know, like, is there going to be a lot, you know, talking about that? Or, like, you know, how how in-depth they go with that? I'm interested to see what happens with that, like, uh, that whole storyline.
2: Well, and there's all the conspira- conspiracies about Michael's, like, involvement in that. And his gambling, how that plays into all of that. Yeah, yeah. So, that was another thing that you know my whole family was wondering like we have these discussions too that it's like is that too far to include that you know
1: yeah like just just how in depth are they gonna go like on the uh on the subject
3: what a bombshell that would be for social media if like Jordan came out and said yep I did this and it it No, like seriously like imagine like the like like that fall from grace, like, you know, cause everybody yeah. like the good side of Michael Jordan. And, and that's also because of like social media, like air greatness, you know what I mean? But now you're going to see a very human side where, you know, his dad's unfortunately passed away and, and he's going to have to kind of touch on it. And, and it'll be interesting to see what his reaction will be like in those sit down interviews that he's had 20, 30 years later.
0: Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to like during that time period, how are they going to cover it in terms of like, you know, they've been spending so much time on the team and on MJ himself. I want to see how they end up splitting, doing that coverage. I mean, just, I mean, even the production behind it, how they end up splitting it up with like, yeah, you're you're talking to MJ about his personal life, what was going on in that time, baseball, whatever. Uh, there's that amazing story of he went to like the Warriors um, training facility and he played practice against them and he destroyed them even two years after not – two years not playing bat, playing basketball. But I want to see how they cover the team because there was so much going on with the team those two years where it's like they were still a really, really darn good team, and they got really close to making the finals again. Uh, I mean, you, you got to talk about Horace Grant leaving. You got to talk about Scottie Pippen, that playoff meltdown where Phil wasn't giving him the last shot, so he just sat down. Then there's the argument between him and Cartwright. And then, like, I guess talking about how coach came in, how he integrated – And how you started getting the buildup of that the team that won three more right after. I really want to see how they cover the team because I think it's like two years that kind of show you even more what MJ's impact was from like a basketball standpoint. And like maybe we see some behind the scenes of what it was like on that team where it's like you've got a lot of guys who were there to see Michael play as a teammate. And then what's, what is it like in that locker room? What is it like around that team now that, MJ isn't there. I'm really interested in seeing how that, how that plays out.
3: I always had the narrative that like Scotty was kind of like the, the peacekeeper, like the, the voice of reason in that Bulls locker room. But yeah, you know, I I never really thought about those two years where he struggled and stuff or, or where he, where they weren't necessarily living up to those expectations and the Jordan effect, so to speak. So it'll be kind of interesting to hear what Pippen has to say about those two years. And, um, because there's always with Pippen it's unfortunate you know he was such a great basketball player he's always going to live under the shadow of, of Michael Jordan and those two years of underwhelming performances team performances kind of added to that narrative so you know if you're Scotty you kind of have an outlet to kind of speak your opinion on, on those two years and uh, imagine being the interview the interviewer that has to ask Jordan about you know his baseball years like you have to have some serious stones to be able to ask him like hey man you sucked at baseball like what are your thoughts about it 30 years later
2: I would do that. I would be willing to assume that position.
0: <laughs> That's the next project we're taking up at Radio Ball Sports.
2: <laughs> My dad, um, last week, or, or during the week, at some point, he's like, "It's like you know what? I I got a I got boxes of stuff in the basement. I got all these boxes that I got to take them out." We go into the like back back storage room where our like furnace is where he keeps all this memorabilia pulls out like five six just file boxes titled bulls slash mj heaviest things i've ever lifted and you just open it and it's all the newspapers magazines And it's funny because he's <laughs> like, we, awesome. we got we, we, we to divvy all this stuff up between you kids, you know, when I, when I don't want it anymore or whatever, when I'm downsizing. And I'm like, okay, well, I claim all the baseball stuff. My sister's like, well, then I want all the basketball stuff. But who do you give the MJ baseball stuff to? Me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. <laughs>
3: I, want, I want something. <laughs> okay same i'm, I'm right down the street my last day yeah, you um, should come look
2: at it actually
3: my last day at the station i'm gonna get the 96 newspaper and be like go lakers and then burn it in front of everyone wow. <laughs>
1: this you know, boss. this might have to be rudy's first and only uh, appearance on the pod
0: yeah. Yeah, I think this might be the first yeah, time we've somebody to be able
1: to <laughs> like,
3: Wait, but I didn't say a cuss word and flip, flip somebody off like a certain The
0: audacity song. of this man.
3: <laughs> the audacity. I was just joking, we could cut that out. No,
2: we're gonna leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know about, I don't know about the rest of you guys. I never cuss in my life. Me neither. <laughs>
0: no All can't, right, can't. y'all. This has been, uh, what, episode three of The Last Dance After Party. Uh, it's going to be sad when we can no longer do an after party. Uh, but we've got two more of these coming out. So, uh you know,
2: keep looking out for it. We can bring this series back during the Kobe one.
0: Yeah, but I don't oh, think any of us are going to be here still.
2: That doesn't mean we can't podcast.
3: That's true. That's true. That's true. Anyways, Kansas is going to be the best man. In my life.